as powerful as the name of God is, he's magnified his word. His word is so powerful. It's not the power of his word. It's the word of his power. So there's power, not just some power, all powers in the word of God. It's not the power of his word. It's not a play on words. It's the word of his power. All the powers in the word. And when you put the word of God in your mouth, that power is released in your life. Man, and the Holy Spirit was sitting on, hovering on the waters in Genesis 1, 2, 3. And God said, and the Holy Spirit went and did it. The Holy Spirit's waiting on you to say something. Angels are waiting on you to say something. And this is what we say. Well, I can't get along. I don't, I, I'll never get ahead. I'm high, high, high. Come on. You have to learn to declare who you are in God. I am the, I'm blessed of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Come on, I'm in his family. Come on, I got an inheritance. My grandfather on his deathbed cried in the hospital to me because he didn't leave me an inheritance. But I found out I got an inheritance in God. It's way a lot better than money. Come on. We're the children of God. Do you believe that? Then act like it. Start saying what your father said. Start saying what your brother said. Jesus, your, your king, your savior, your deliverer. Start saying what he said. Start acting like him. Well, we can't. Yes, we're going to find out we can today. So let's get into it. Let's go. Uh, Proverbs 18, 20, 21 has been our, our, our foundation scripture. It said, a man's stomach is not satisfied or shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. Not talking about this stomach here that you eat with. It's talking about your spirit man. Your spirit will be satisfied by the words of your mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Just like I started this off, confessing who I am in Christ and what God has done for me changes me. Changes my identity. Too many people identify with junk today. They identify with what somebody told them, uh, uh, you know, that they were stupid, they were dumb, they were whatever. But hear me, that's not true. You're a child of God. So let's start off in James 1, 1 and 2. We'll start right at the beginning of the chapter. It said, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know James was the brother of Jesus? And he also, church history, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but church history tells us he was the pastor in Jerusalem. And so uh, he goes, uh, my brethren, a bondservant, the 12 tribes are scattered. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Mm-mm. I'm reading the wrong one. Where are we at? There we are. Yep. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. For we, in verse 2, for we stumble. I gave it the wrong scripture. We're in chapter 2. So let me turn there. Let me read this to you. We stumble in many things, but if man does not stumble in word, he's perfect, our mature man, and he has bridled his whole body. So number one, the tongue is powerful. You may not think it, but we've, I've just laid it out, the whole sermon. The tongue's powerful. Did you know that the only muscle in your body that does not get tired? <laughs> your jaws will get tired of chewing gum. Your tongue never gets tired of talking. I used to tell my daughter, my oldest one, just give me a minute here. Shh. Quit that idling. Cut that engine off for a second. 
Well, Daddy, you don't know. Daddy, I got to just drive it down the road. Da, 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 da. My grandpa did it the best. Best. We were all in the kids in the back and talking and cutting up. He goes, hold on, I got something to say. Grandpa's fixing to say something. We got quiet. He was driving down the road. He never said nothing. Somebody said, well, I thought you had something to say. He goes, I'm still thinking about it. Give me a minute. <laughs> and standing, y'all shut up back there. Ah. So, so your tongue will give you strength and direction if you'll let it. James 3, 3 through 5. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Anybody, anybody ever rode a horse other than me? You know, I, I can saddle one, ride one. I'm not a cowboy. I'm dressed like one today, it looks like. But, but you put that bit in that horse's mouth and it's trained. You know, it hurts him a little bit. And that horse may weigh 800 pounds. And you can turn that horse. And if you ride one that's well-trained, it's like driving a car. It is. And, and, and that, that animal will obey you because that bit's in his mouth. Look at the next, uh, next verse. It says, look at also ships. Although they are uh, so large, they're driven by fierce winds, and they are turned by a small rudder wherever the pilot desires. You think about that. A ship has a small rudder in the back that's directing it. Fierce winds. Anybody ever been in a boat other than me and been in some rocky weather? Do you know if the, if the, the captain doesn't turn that ship and face, face that wave? That boat's going to turn over. How many of you, with your tongue, turn and go sideways trying to avoid instead of taking the Word of God and going right at the problem? Take the Word of God and go right at it. Come on. face this. Get your tongue in line with the Word of God and go at that problem. But we play defense. We're running from the devil, trying to block it. When the Bible says, have you done something? Stand and declare, I got the armor on. Bring it on, devil. I got the helmet. I got a breastplate. I got a sword. I got my boots on. I got my belt on. I got my shield. I am ready. Get out of here and shut up. And if you don't take your helmet off, he'll think he's Jesus. Yeah. But we go, well, it's just me. And then he bops you in the head. You go, well, I wonder why I got a headache. Put your helmet back on. We're still we're in a war. We got a battle. Come on. We're to stand and we're supposed to go at the enemy. But what we do, it sure looks bad over there. I don't know what they're going to do. Look at Afghanistan. Look at Boko Haram in Africa. They're killing all Christians. They're killing people. Come on, take a stand in prayer and pray against that mess. Come on, declare what God said about Africa and about Iraq and Iran and, and, and every part of Asia and every part of Europe and every part of America and every part of Mexico and every part of Canada and Australia, Antarctica. There's a few people there. They need Jesus too. We, we have to take, that's our part. We're his representatives. We have to declare who we are in Christ Jesus and we're to take our stand. When you know who you are, you go, wait a minute. I'm God's representative here. I, I got to do something. I've got to take a stand. And so, so that's where we take the ship, our tongue, and we face the waves that are coming. Guess what? You're going to stand. And so, and so it says in verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Everybody go, la, 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 la. 
See, your tongue is powerful. It doesn't get tired. Let me show you something. And this is where I said you tell the weak Christians from a, a powerful Christian in James 1.26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, and that word religious is a good word. It means serving God. If anyone among you thinks they are serving God and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion or service to God is useless. Because your witness is destroyed when your tongue's not in control. I know this is heavy. I know this whole series is heavy. But when your tongue is not in control, you destroy your witness and nobody wants to hear you now. Because you just cussed me out. Well, why in the world I want to hear you tell me about Jesus? It's kind of like that drunk man. You, we, he used to preach to me when he got drunk. I'm like, nobody wants to hear that. I don't care what you know. You're drunk. You're slobbering, carrying on, crying, and can't understand you. You probably was called to preach. It also could be a religious spirit. My point is we have to learn to bridle our tongue. We have to get control of it. And let's go to number two. And I, The tongue is an unruly evil, and James talks about it. What he's talking about here is your sin nature. You were born with a sin nature. God said he wants to redeem mankind from that sin nature. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, he began right then from that day on trying to get Jesus into the earth. Guess what? Jesus was prophesied into the earth. People spoke Jesus into the earth. Huh? Yeah. Read Isaiah. Read Jeremiah. He'll be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. There'll be a star. Come on. And his kingdom shall know no end. Huh? He was declared, it was prophesied to him of that Jesus would be born. They prophesied him to the earth. You want something done in the earth? Start prophesying it. I'm blessed. I'm a child of God. You want your life to change? Quit looking at circumstances. Well, I don't got no money. We'll start declaring, I'm blessed. And God said he'll bless your basket and your store. But instead of being blessed, we talk about how bad it is. Well, the economy, you all heard what that man, he prophesied 2025, it's all going to fall away. Well, we still going to stand. Come on, or Jesus will take us out. Come on, we're not without hope. The Word of God fills us with hope. And so that's where we've got to stay. So in James 3, in verse 6, it says, The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members that it defies the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature, and it's set on fire by hell. Well, I don't, I'm not going to leave you there, but let's talk about how bad that is. Let's talk about how bad your tongue can be. Do you know that there are like 10 mega sins that your tongue can produce? That God hates. Lying. Sowing discord. Gossip. Slander. Tail-bearing. Cursing. Blasphemy. Filthy language. Contentious speech. Speech. And unbelief. Your tongue can do that. Every one of them. And we've probably all done some of that. 
okay? But when we repent, and you know what? If it's a seed that we planted, we need to pull that up. You know, I, I told the story. It was like this, this lady, uh, they were in counseling, marriage counseling, and, and she goes, you know, I just lived with my mother my whole life, and she's so negative, so negative. And the pastor's wife goes, well, do you know you're just like your mother? She goes, oh, I am not. She was negative too, negative about everything. You know that stuff can be passed down? And I, I kind of broke the curse of worrying off my life. Worrying about this, worrying about that. What if this happens? What if that happens? Then worry turns to fear. Come on. Man, fear was put in my heart. Fear was put in my life. And I had to take a stand against worry and fear. Come on, you got to stand up and face it. My, my, I had instilled in me, I was afraid of storms. Yeah, you know, we get some wind up here, but go, go to, get in that uh, uh, Texas moving across Louisiana up through Arkansas or uh, Texas up through Oklahoma. You got tornadoes and stuff like that happen. F6, F5, or it's F5, F5, 4, 3, 2, 1, whatever. When it starts going green, it'll scare you. But I walked out in that storm one day. I said, I'm, I'm tired of being afraid. If, if I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm standing out. I'm taking a stand. I am not going to be afraid of a storm. Where'd that come from? My grandmother put her words in my, get under the table. It's a storm coming. Don't catch those raindrops coming off the house. You get struck by lightning. She was the one who told me, don't get in that water till you learn how to swim. Figure that one out and we'll go somewhere. <laughs> But verse 8 says, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Verse, let's go to number 3. The tongue is humanly untamable. I told you I'm not going to leave you there. I'm just talking about how bad the tongue was. It's humanly untamable. In James 3, 7 and 8 says, for every beast of the field, every reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But the man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Oh, man, we're not without hope. Because listen to me. It can divinely be tamed. Remember, we started off that your tongue can be bridled. You can bridle and control your tongue. It's, but you need the Holy Spirit to help you. You need to put the Word of God in your mouth. And it starts changing your thinking because... Those wrong words really come from wrong thinking. And wrong thinking will lead you in the wrong direction, in the wrong place. I don't have time to read it, but in Exodus 4, 10 through 12, or, or pull it up. In Exodus 4 and 10 through 12, God is trying to get Moses to set the people free. I'm just going to tell this story. And Moses has excuses. Well, you know, I, I, I don't, he's scared. I don't want to go back and stand before Pharaoh, and I'm not this, and I'm not that. And God said, yes, you are. I've told you to. And finally gets down to, he goes, well, uh, I, I got a slow speech. Uh, and some say he may have stuttered. He goes, when I'm thinking it doesn't come out right, I don't know what to say. And God said, hey, will you listen to me? Because God's getting fed up with him. I made your mouth. I know when somebody can speak and when somebody can't speak. Quit telling me what you can't do. I will be with your mouth. I will put the words in your mouth. I will tell you what to say. So everybody say, God, 
be with my mouth. Help me today in Jesus' name. You see, God wants us to help us. You know, Satan's the one that, that tries to uh, get your mouth to turn against you. Didn't he do that in the garden with Eve? Well, you know, he started using half-truths. Well, you know, that, that, that tree looks good. The fruit looks good. And God wants you to, you know, why would God, uh, uh, tr he's trying to keep something from you. You know, uh, he put that in the Bible so you wouldn't be happy. Uh, he, he, he's wanting to change you, and that's the way you were made. No, it's not the way you made. God created you. He knows how you are, and he wants, he wants to help us. Are you with me? If you want to get over a problem, quit talking about it. Quit talking about it. We talk about it and talk about it, and then tomorrow we wake up and we start talking about it again. And did you know, hey, let me, let me tell you, did you know what happened? And so all day tomorrow we talk about Tuesday, I'm going to call you up. And I'm going to tell you how bad my problem is. And now I'm living in this problem for 15 years. And it becomes a root of bitterness. Okay, it becomes a root of bitterness. Guard your heart. The enemy wants to steal your life. Come on. And he'll do it with your words. You say, well, if God wants me to have it, have it, why don't he just give it to me? He's giving it to you. Right here in the Bible. You got to be a partaker. You got to partake of his word. God has given it to you. Come on. Eat it. Live it. Walk in it. Desire it. My desire is only of the Lord. That's what the scripture says. That ought to be in your mouth. You know, when Jesus, when Jesus uh, went to, after he was tempted of the devil, he went to church. And the Bible says that was his custom. Say, that's my custom too. I know, it's kind of weak. Say a little bit better that I go to church on purpose. That's it. I, you, know, you know what custom is. Okay. He said, give me the scroll. And he read Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Didn't he say that? To set the captive free, to, to bring liberty. Come on. What gave Jesus? Well, that, that was Jesus, Brother Brad. He can say whatever he wants to say. Jesus wants you to say what he said. He has empowered you to be his representative in the earth. He has empowered you to have that same anointing. Okay? Can say it. I'm anointed. The Spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Ooh. I ain't talking about standing in the pulpit. It's talking about living Jesus' life every day. And people read you and read that sermon. There goes man loves God right there. There goes a woman that loves God right there. You, I've been watching them for the last three months. Look at their life. Man, they don't gripe, they don't complain, they don't talk bad about people, they walk away from gossip. I've been watching them. They pray over their lunch. What is that about? Hmm? It's not the sermon you hear, it's the sermon that you watch. Come on, it's time to live this. This is the life that we live. God has called you to live this life. Come on, this is the life of freedom. What makes you free? What does the word say? The truth. 
This is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. Put it in your mouth and you'll be free. Come on, it'll change you. I, it changed me. I was a dumb, I can still talk, I still talk like a dumb redneck, but I are not one. The Word of God has changed me. The Word of God changed me and set me free from wrong thinking and a bad mentality that I can do all things through Christ, that there is nothing that I cannot do. God has taken me all over this country. Come on. If, I, if, if you knew where I came from, you'd go, Lord, have mercy. Does anything good come from that place? You know, I pick on Libby and Leslie because they live up in, up in Ceres. Well, shoot, where I was at, it was worse than Ceres. It, you know, that you, the June bug showed up in September. <laughs> That's how far back in the woods we are. But God, but God. You look at his disciples, they were country boys. And the amazing thing is, Paul was a, the most educated Pharisee of the Pharisees, and God sent him to the uneducated, to the people who do not know anything about God. You know, we think, well, that's what he needs to go to the people of God and send the uneducated Peter to, uh-uh. God said, I'm going to make you weak so I can be strong through you. So when you say, I, I've, I've never done that, you're, you're prime candidate. I, I can't do that. Lord, I'm not, I don't have good speech. I can't remember all that. Doesn't matter. You're a prime candidate because you know what? When he works through you, it'll make you look like you're strong. And most of you, if you keep your mouth shut, God will think, people will think you, you're mighty. <laughs> I'll read that scripture in a minute. But anyway, let's get back to these notes here. Come on, if you want to get over a problem, quit talking about it. Number four, the tongue is productive. Come on, for blessing or curse, the tongue is productive. What is it producing in your life? Come on, the more we put the Word of God in our heart, the more, to, the more that the Word of God comes out, our answer should be the Word of God. Well, Pastor Brett, uh, so-and-so happened. Here's what the Word says. You know, I, I came into the office one day. I worked for Motorola, and, and the, the two secretaries that we had, they were arguing the Bible. And they come in, and they're saying, we think this, and I think this. What do you think? I said, what I think doesn't matter a hill of beans. I said, it's what the Bible says, not what I think. See, it's not your experience. You may not have ever experienced healing, but that doesn't mean it's not true. You may not have ever experienced the glory of God, but that doesn't mean we had the glory of God fall on us in the service this morning. Come on. That's what the presence of God feels like. That's what you need in your house. You need to worship in your house till that comes down. Huh? Especially when you don't feel it. Especially when you're in a bad mood. Anybody ever woke up on the wrong side of the bed? Go back to bed and get up on the right side of the bed. You, do, you change on purpose. We put the Word of God in our mouth on purpose to change our lives. It, 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 it's like a sale. And then, you, you, you know, you, we, we, we wait till we're in a bind, and then we want to pray and pray, Lord, help me, help me, Lord, I don't know what to do. Oh, Lord, if you don't undertake, you've been knowing you need to pay the rent since the first. Come on. And it's due to 30th. Now you're on the 29th. Lord, if I don't have this money, they're going to kick me out. Why have you been praying the whole time? When the word of God's in your mouth, you, the money comes, your life's changed. You're, you're taking the control of your life. And things just start coming because you have got the word in your mouth. I've, had, I've been in places like, don't touch me, wake me up because I am in the blessing. I got there by the words of my mouth. 
I got there by prophesying to myself that I'm an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. Was there stress? Yes. But I still had the peace of God. I still had the joy of the Lord. And you still have the devil always going to come up. And, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to serve God's what I'm going to do. I'm going to love the Lord my God. If, if I live in a ditch or whatever, I'm still going to serve God. I'm not backing away from God. Not. We cannot back away from God. In these perilous times, as Timothy said, it is time to serve the Most High God. It's time to press in closer. It's time to put the Word of God in our mouth and start living it. I remember last Sunday, last time we met, Psalms 91, learn to memorize it. I'm going to give you something to help you, but you have got to memorize the Word of God and put yourself. It says, he who dwells. No, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, he's my God. Woo, he's my God. He's my fortress, my shield. I'm not afraid of the terror by night, the COVID by daytime. Destruction at waste at noonday, a thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand in my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked, because I have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High God my habitation. Come on. That's how you put it in your mouth. But you know what? It took me a, a, about a month to get that in my heart where I could I memorize it. I did a lot of driving. I made my own cassette tape back in the day. I plugged it in, and I'm talking to myself, and I'm repeating it after myself, to memorize the Word of God. Do what you got to do. Pull over, I'm eating lunch, I'm reading Psalms 91. Boy, you get to verse 10. No plague. Come on, calamity. Come on, get to it. And I love the last of it. I call, he knows my name. And he satisfies me with a long life. I have a purpose. Man, there's any pur the same purpose you have in this life. Come on, it's traveled over into eternity. You better start working it now. Get your practice in. Okay, okay. You're all right. Where are we at? Number 97. Number four, the tongue's productive. Let's read James 3, 9 through 12 real quick. With the tongue we bless our God, our Father, and we curse men who have been made in the similitude or similar to God. Listen. Verse 10, out of the same mouth produces blessing and cursing. Brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth water and bitter at the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. It's not natural to be negative and be a Christian is what he's saying. Train your mouth. Train your tongue to confess the Word of God. Put the Word of God in your heart. Remember we read, make the tree good and the fruit will be good. The tree is your spirit. The fruit is the word of your mouth. Come on, make the tree good. You have to make the tree good. How do you make the tree good? By putting the Word of God in your mouth, in your heart. How do you, how do you change what's in your spirit? And we're going to go to that uh, and, and, you know, the next time we come together, uh, next week we got a, a guest speaker coming, Paul from Louisiana, he's going to be bringing the word. But uh, your spirit, man, is changed by you saying the word and you hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing. But you, you need to hear yourself saying it. 
You'll believe me because I'm the pastor about that much. But you believe yourself this much. See, I prayed with a man. I said, what do you want to believe God for? You want to believe God to be healed? You want to believe this surgery will heal you? Where are you standing? Where's your faith? Let me get in agreement with you. And he told me, and I prayed, when I walked out, he didn't agree with me. He said, well, I never thought I wouldn't go to the beach again. He gave up. With the words of his mouth, he did not receive the prayer. The Bible says that we can pray and agree and receive something. That's why it's so important. You know, that's why when they put you in the hospital, people go to the hospital with COVID, they can't have anybody, no contact. It's hard on people. People depressed now. Break that. Come on. And David said when I, he was by himself, I encourage myself in the Lord. That's what I do. I walk around. I'm blessed. I am highly favored. I'm a child of God. I'm a man of God. I'm called by God. I did that before I was ever a preacher. I, was, I mean, that's how, God, that's how God wants you to operate. Well, nobody likes me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody's for me. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Come on, all heaven backs us. Smile real big. Come on, I got heaven on my side. Y'all think about this. No, you know what? This is not taught in 90% of churches. Just come on, you try to work it and try to do the good deed. Come on, we got to do the golden rule. And, and you know, you keep yourself. You can't keep yourself. He just said your mouth is trouble. You need God's help. I went through that. I mean, I grew up in that. How can I, I, like I said, I wore out my rededicator. I rededicated every Sunday. Lord, help me. I'm going to hell. The preacher preached hell and my shoes would melt and I'm repenting. But I was already a child of God. But I wasn't mature. The Bible says we start, if you, you can be perfect. When it says perfect, mature. I had to learn how to mature. A child can be mature, more mature than somebody that's been saved a long time because they never matured. They never changed their mouth. Got to change our mouth. And it's not by experience. We want to say our experience, but it's what the Word of God says, and then we receive what God says. How did you get saved? You confessed with your mouth. You believed in your heart. You said it with your mouth. If you read the scripture long enough and get studied up and know what the word says about salvation, you get saved. It gets in your heart and it comes out of your mouth. The devil used to crawl in bed at me as a teenager. You know you're going to hell, boy. And then I found out, wait a minute, I'm a child of God. That's how I walked out in that storm, because I had already I settled it. I'm a child of God. I am not going to be afraid of a storm. If I die, I'm going to heaven. And get out of my bed, devil. I'm a child of God. You know, people want to get saved every Sunday. That, that's religion beating them up. I'm a child of God. Get it settled in your heart. If, Ma'am, what's your name? Denise. Denise, how are you doing? I'm, I'm going to change your name. Can I change your name to Frederica? Sure. Yes or no? Sure. No. No, I can't change your name. It's, you, got a, you got a birth certificate. You got an ID card. The Bible says your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You've got an ID card. You are a child of God. Quit letting the devil talk you out of it. You are mighty in God. 
Well, I don't feel like it, Pastor. It doesn't matter. You got the same spirit that she said that raised Jesus from the dead. Romans, the eighth chapter, that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you. If you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, what's holding you back? You. Get your tongue in line with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I could go on, but I'm going to read this, and then we're going to close. And James, I'm going to read this in the message. She's going to put it on the screen. Y'all read this with me. Don't be, uh, don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is a highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. Hmm. <laughs> If you could find, in verse 3, uh, someone whose speech was perfectly true, then you would have a perfect person in perfect control of life. Hold it right there just for a second. A mature person. That perfect is translated mature. Because we see perfect and we go, well, I can never be perfect. It's not talking about being perfect. It's talking about being mature in the spirit. All right, now let's go to the next. In perfect control of your life, your tongue will keep you in control of your life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest wind. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. How many of you felt like you were destroyed as a kid? Don't raise your hand. You need to break that off in Jesus' name because you're a child of God now. Let me say this. You ever heard us say blood is thicker than water? It's the blood of Jesus that's thicker than the womb water you were born in. Quit sticking with your family and get a hold of Jesus Christ. He's Lord and Savior. That's the family that you're in. I love my family. I had a good family, but I'm the family of God. And it's most important to be in the family of God. Let's read, keep reading. It only takes a spark, remember, to set a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of the mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in flames or smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. Words are important. Let's keep reading. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father, and with the same tongues, we curse the very men and women made in His image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. Mm -mm -mm. Verse 10, it said, My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush forth fresh water in one day and brackish in the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of cool, clear water, are you? God's calling us to clean our mouth up, get our heart right. You know what? When you do, it will help you hear the voice of God more clearer in your life. And it's not the problem that we, that God's not speaking. Problems that we're not hearing or we're hearing other things. And mainly we hear our mouth 
speak against what God is saying. How many of you like being like me and Moses? Well, Lord, I can't do that. Lord, I'm not qualified. Lord, I don't know about that. I've not done this and that. And it got excuse after excuse after excuse. Excuses up. You got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You've got the word of God. Come on, let's start living the life that God has called us to live. The blessed life. A free life. It's time to break sin off of us. Too long have we held on to that secret sin. God knows it. And God still loves you. And God still cares for you. And God is still all about you. With everything that's going on in the world, God, you're still the apple of his eye. So am I. We are the apple of his eye. That is how big God is. If you you limit God down, and that's what we do when we start comparison. Well, God loves her more than he does me because he's never done that for me. Her mouth changed. Her life changed. The blessing came. When I see the blessing on somebody, I go, whoa, yeah, I'm, I can get that too. Can't be jealous of family members. Come on. Bow your heads today. Father, we thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit and your word to change us. We thank you, Father, that today we've received your presence, your glory. Thank you, Father, that you convict our heart to do what's right, to live a holy life. People say, well, I can't. Yes, you can. You can mature in God. And Father, I thank you that that you called us to step in, to be separate, to live for you. Help us, Lord, to put the word of God in our mouth daily that we might live by all the days of our life. That our lives will be changed and come in line with your will. For your word is your will. Let us look at Jesus. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you want to do that, you've never accepted him, would you lift your hand? Maybe you're here today and you go, whew, pastor, I got saved, but I haven't been saying the right things and living the right way, and you want to turn your life around. If that's you, just lift your hand up and put it down. I see that hand, that hand. I see your hands. I see your hands. This is how you change your life. It's the Word of God and let it become alive. The Bible says that the Word of God is alive and powerful. I'm going to pray over everybody. So get your heart ready to receive. Father, we thank you that we go to the next level. Father, that you teach us your word and your ways, not just to be a good person, but be a godly person, to be in your will. Lord God, to confess your word, uh, to speak your word to circumstances, situations, that our hearts would change, that our lives would change, that we would be free, Lord God, oh, from all the, the, the situations that come up in life, be free from the hurt, the pain from our past. Father, that you cleanse us, renew us, 
Renew a right spirit within us, Lord God, to be what we're called to be. We thank you, Father, that you're working in us in a greater measure, in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at me. Look at me. There is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit will convict. He'll never beat you up and condemn you. Amen. The Holy Spirit does not condemn you and beat you up and say, well, if you should have done this and this and this and this and beat you over the head until you're beat down. That's religion and that's the devil. Devil does come to church. Just let you know. Do not be beat up by your mistakes and your past. When you repent, God said he puts your past as far as the east is from the west and it just keeps on going. It's been out of distance for a long time now. Amen? Amen. Amen. So be free from condemnation. If you find out you're wrong, the Bible says be quick to repent and be free. Be free. Sometimes you may have to repent to somebody. Be free.